Hello everyone out there in Bourbon Real Talk land, Randy Sullivan coming to you with a very special episode. I was noticing a lot of newer whiskey enthusiasts in the Facebook whiskey enthusiast community world asking for buying recommendations. And so I sourced information from Someone Say Whiskey and I have for you today the top 10 recommendations for those of you who are looking for a buyer's guide, okay? So we're gonna jump right into it. The first recommendation is to buy small. One of the problems that I see with whiskey enthusiasts is they get excited, they get out there, they start reading the forums, and they go out and they buy a full bottle, sometimes a 1.75 liter of anything that they read about. And they don't know whether or not they like it. So my first recommendation is before you start buying whole bottles of things, I want you to go to bars and I want you to try everything, right? Probably not on the same night because we're not trying to die of alcohol poisoning, but just consistently go out and try new things and try before you buy if you can, okay? So that's gonna save you a little bit of money, keep you from buying a bottle, getting home, opening it and deciding that you don't like it. The other thing that you can do is buy small bottles, right? So um, I have this mini bottle right here. Uh, this is a mini bottle of Blanton's and you're probably not gonna find this anywhere. Uh, but this was a, a vintage bottle that was a, a, gift, a gift to me um, whenever I was filming a podcast. Uh, actually, it was with Brad Bonds, who owns uh, Revival Spirits in Covington, Kentucky. So check that out, revivalky.com. Anyway, you can buy mini bottles, and there are a lot of mainstream producers. I know Four Roses, Bullet, you know, there's a lot of options out there. Knob Creek, they make mini bottles, and that'll give you the opportunity to buy a smaller amount, try it at home, before you invest in the whole bottle. The next thing would be, I need you to set a budget and do not break it, and make sure that it is a budget that is not going to cause a divorce, okay? People get excited when they get into the whiskey world and they get what we call FOMO, fear of missing out. And they start buying every single bottle that they think may be difficult or hard to find. And often it is an overzealous salesperson telling you at a liquor store that this is a must have bottle that you cannot miss out on. And the truth is you're just kind of wasting your money. And I have heard stories of people who are spending money that they really didn't have to spend because they were worried about missing out on the opportunity. They didn't know if it was gonna come again in the future. And I don't want you to do that. So you need to set a budget and you need to stay within that budget. Uh, the other thing is, is that I want you to never ever pay above manufacturer's suggested retail price, MSRP, okay? Unless you've tasted it first. There are going to be opportunities out there for you to purchase bottles either on the secondary market or at a liquor store that marks their prices up and that's why they still have it. That's why it didn't sell whenever they first received it. And I want you to make sure that you never pay over manufacturer suggested retail price unless you have tasted that bottle before. And my last recommendation in the buy small category is going to be um, you may want to join Someone Say Whiskey, the Facebook-based whiskey group. I'm the co-founder. I'm also an admin. And we have an amazing individual named Nellie, who at one time was the manager of a liquor store. She got tired of people coming into that liquor store and saying, do you have any Blentons? 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 
And she is an avid whiskey consumer. She knows that there are plenty of whiskeys out there on the shelf that are just as enjoyable as Blanton's, that are easier to find. And so she started Someone Say Whiskey Sample Club. And basically, she's put together a network of individuals, and they're now actually helping bottle uh, Iron Root uh, bottles up at Iron Root Republic Distillery, uh, which is not too far from us here, because they're so good at coordinating and they're so good at getting juice in bottles. Uh, but the sample club basically works like this. They have a theme for each month that they release the sample club. They'll go out and they'll buy four or five bottles that are shelf available products. Usually are, they're pretty reasonably priced. And then they break those up into one ounce samples. They put a little uh, note inside the, the, the Ziploc that the samples come in that actually give you tasting notes and an idea of what you should expect from each one of the samples. And they sell those for cost. And the reason why they're for cost is because this is not a profit center. Uh, she's not a licensed you know, liquor dealer. Someone say whiskey doesn't sell whiskey. We're just trying to find a way to cover the cost so that we can get samples out. And the great thing for you is that you get to try a lot of new products without buying an entire bottle uh, only to find out later that maybe it's not to your liking. Um, so the first recommendation is buy small. Second recommendation is understand that price is not equal to quality as you start to acquire bottles. Um, and, and there are plenty of good whiskeys that are on the shelf, okay? If you start doing blind tastings, especially with um, some of the common products like Wild Turkey or Maker's Mark or Elijah Craig or Evan Williams, what you're going to find is that the quality of the flavors of those whiskeys match up to pretty much anything that's on the market. And so, you know, don't get trapped in that vortex of thinking like the more expensive the bottle, the better it must be, because there are companies out there that are trying to take advantage of that thinking and sell products for more than they should be sold for. So um, the next category is I want you to find what you like, okay? So recommendation number three is I want you to try base level products from all the major distilleries before you start buying a bunch of bottles, okay? I want you to try something from Jim Beam. I want you to try something from Wild Turkey. I want you to try something from Four Roses, so on and so forth. And I want you to be concentrating on the flavors and asking yourself, is this a flavor profile that I really enjoy? And help that to guide you so that you can find more of what you like. Fourth recommendation, don't avoid a distillery's offerings just because you tried one product they make that you didn't like, okay? So you may not know this, and as you get deeper into it, and you can search any of this stuff. So if you want to know what a product's MSRP is, you just type the product name in and the letters MSRP in Google and search, and it'll probably be the first result. You can also go to a product website like, say, Jim Beam, and say, Google, you know, what all products does Jim Beam make? And you'll be surprised that Jim Beam makes a lot of products, right? And I've found that somebody may try a product like one of the Jim Beam products is, um, is Basil Hayden's. Basil Hayden's is a higher rye base content bourbon that they make. And some people may try it and it's just not to their liking. And they go, oh, okay, well then there's no reason for me to try Knob Creek because it's also a Jim Beam product. We'll hold the phone. 
Uh, they're actually different mash bills and they're, they're, they're made to taste different from one another. So I don't want you to judge an entire producer based on one of their expressions. Hey there, Bourbon Real Talk listeners and watchers. Randy Sullivan here. Wanted to take a quick break to tell you how you can support the channel. We've had a lot of people that have come into the Bourbon Real Talk family lately and we're grateful for every one of you. But unlike a lot of other channels, we don't have a Patreon and I don't allow anyone to sponsor the show. So what I do have though is some merchandise. We have Bourbon Real Talk hats. We've got Bourbon Real Talk t-shirts. Very soft, high quality. We also have whiskey wife t-shirts for the long-suffering significant others in our lives. We have full-size glens for when you need an official whiskey tasting experience. We have Weeglins for when, you know, you want to drink a little bit less, maybe try a few extra samples. We have insulated tumblers for when you want to drink incognito. We have full-size Glen lanyards for when you need hands-free access at a bottle share. We've got candles, including charcoal and tonka, leather, and Cuban cigar. We have one and two ounce whiskey sample storage boxes. And of course, we have the American Whiskey Aroma Kit for when you want to step your whiskey game up and be able to break a whiskey down to its components. If you saw any of this stuff, you want to support the channel, you can head on over to bourbonrealtalk.com forward slash shop and pick something up. But if you just want to hang out here and learn, I'm totally happy with that as well. Just happy to have you as a listener. My fifth recommendation is, at least in the beginning, you need to avoid single barrels because if you're newer and you're trying to develop your palate and figure out what you like, the purpose of single barrels is variety, right? And so you're not learning a whole lot about your palate or the distillery whenever you drink a single barrel. You're learning a whole lot about that individual barrel. And that becomes important and fun for you once you have, you know, taken the time to develop your palate and see what you like. And then you can taste a single barrel and go, do I like this more or less than the regular product? But if you start drinking a lot of single barrels in the beginning, it's just going to confuse your palate and it may give you the wrong impression about a product line because often barrels are selected to go into the single barrel program because they absolutely do not taste like the regular product. So never judge a regular shelf available product off of a single barrel version of that product. Um, sixth recommendation, avoid finished whiskey. Now, finished whiskey is any whiskey that was made through the traditional process. And in the United States, all mash bill based whiskeys, including bourbon, have to be absolutely unadulterated and they can only be aged in a new charred oak container. And we pretty much only use oak containers, right? So that's what a, a mash bill whiskey is. If you take that whiskey out of that original barrel and you put it into a barrel that's used, that used to have something else in it, whatever used to be in that barrel is gonna impart flavors into that whiskey. And it may make the whiskey taste good, but if you're newer and you're trying to decide what to buy and where to spend your money and you haven't figured out quite what you like yet, finished whiskeys can throw you off because you may discover that you really like port or that you really like sherry and that you don't really like bourbon all that much. 
And then you're going out and you're buying all these port or sherry finished bourbons and you haven't really developed your bourbon palette yet. So I'm going to recommend at least in the beginning until you start to figure out what you like, avoid finished whiskeys. My seventh recommendation is to start with lower proofs. When you get involved in the whiskey enthusiast community, they love to drink super high proof whiskeys. The higher the proof, the more they like it. They're super excited if it's above 140 because then it can't be placed on an airplane according to hazmat law and they call those whiskeys hazmats and that's all well and good. But most people are not used to drinking straight cash strength whiskey and it can be very shocking for your palate and it can also be a sensory overload because, I mean, the, the density of flavor molecules that you're getting whenever you drink a cash strength whiskey is a lot. Now, as you develop your palate and you get used to drinking and you start to taste some of the premium offerings and some of those are higher proofs, your, your palate will acclimate to those things and you may find that you gravitate towards those. But I am recommending in the beginning you stick with lower proofs and lower proofs would be 80 to 90 proof whiskeys, maybe 94. Let's call it 80 to 94 proof whiskeys, okay? Those are typically the, the entry level, lower level proofs for whiskey that's sold in the United States. My eighth recommendation is going to be to avoid cash strength. So a cash strength whiskey Basically, when, when whiskey is made, it is typically distilled to around 140 proof. That's 70% alcohol by volume. It comes off of the still after the second distillation run typically at around that 70% ABV, and that's 140 proof. It can go all the way up to 80% ABV and still be called bourbon. So you can distill it up to 160 proof. But there's a law that says that you cannot put it in the barrel above 125. And since most distilleries distill to around 140, they have to add proofing water to the distillate before they can put the whiskey into the barrel. And most distilleries have a barrel entry proof of 125 because it's the most efficient way to store your whiskey. The density of whiskey in the barrel is higher. You use less barrels. You need less barrel aging warehouse space. And then later they come back and they batch that product and they dump those barrels and they add proofing water again. And this time it's to take the proof of the whiskey from whatever it was after it got done aging. And sometimes it goes up and sometimes it goes down in the barrel, uh, down to whatever that product is supposed to be barreled at or bottled at. And so like Elijah Craig small batch, for instance, is a 94% proof whiskey. Now, most of the barrels that become Elijah Craig are in the 125 to say 136 range when they get done aging. And so they have to add enough water to that batch to take it from say that low 130 proof down to 94 before they put it into a bottle. If they don't add that water, that's considered a cast strength offering because it's whatever strength it came out of the cast gap. I want you to avoid those in the beginning, um, which goes right along with starting with the lower proofs. And so my next recommendation would be to avoid whiskey um, that isn't straight whiskey. And you may not know what that means if you're looking for a beginner's buyer's guide, but we have a designation for whiskey in the United States, and it's just called a straight whiskey. And then long and short of a straight whiskey is this it has to come from one state. So you can't blend whiskeys from two different states together. It has to be aged at least um, 
two years to be a straight whiskey, but almost all straight whiskeys are aged for at least four years. Um, some craft producers will release straight whiskeys that are between two and four years old, um, but almost all of them are at least four years old. And it means that it's not adulterated and that it follows all the other rules for bourbon and all of those things. So a straight bourbon, you know you're getting a pure, unadulterated product that's followed a minimum standard of acceptability. And at least in the beginning, I would probably concentrate my purchases and the whiskeys that I'm trying on whiskeys that are straight whiskeys. Um, and my last recommendation for you is you need to join an enthusiast community. The most active enthusiast communities are found on Facebook. Um, and, you know, I, depending on what age you are, you may not be super into Facebook. But the Facebook uh, platform is perfect for whiskey enthusiast communities because it provides a platform where people can interact with each other. Um, you can plan events there. Uh, you can do educational posts. You can post videos. You can post, you know, written blogs. You can do whatever. And there's tons of enthusiast communities. I recommend you look for one that's local so that you can find other enthusiasts. It's easy for you to get together and share bottles and be able to try a lot of different samples. If you, know, you live in the North Texas area and you join the club that I'm in, you can come over to my house and taste out of my 300 bottles and see what you like before you spend a penny on anything, right? And so joining a whiskey enthusiast community can really jumpstart your ability to figure out what it is that you like and to save yourself some money um, and also to get access to things that you maybe would otherwise not be able to get access to. Um, I would also, and this is a little bit ironic because I'm asking you to join a whiskey enthusiast community, I would also recommend that you avoid what I call the OG whiskey enthusiast. And you'll know who they are because you'll join a community and you'll ask a question and say, hey, I'm going to the liquor store and I was thinking about buying an XYZ bottle, what do you think? And then some OG will be like, you know, Jesus Christ, you idiot, why don't you use the search function and, you know, just buy the dang bottle and taste it and see if you like it. And OG whiskey enthusiasts are just very irritated that anybody would like whiskey but the five people that they know, right? And so I would recommend that you avoid the OG whiskey enthusiast and the last recommendation, if you do get involved in a whiskey enthusiast community, is you can find a mentor, right? I mean, most whiskey lovers are super generous. They love to share information. And you can even take a friend of yours with you to the liquor store while you're making your initial purchases and they can make some recommendations. And if it's, if it's somebody that you maybe took to a bar and you had some pours with and they kind of walked you through the, the base level of flavors that you were tasting and whatnot, you might even discover that there's somebody that your palate and their palate resonate well with one another. And that's somebody that you can trust and make purchasing recommendations for you. And that all would come out of joining a whiskey enthusiast community. So I hope that this was useful information for you, kind of a buyer's guide for you. If you've not watched this channel before, I want to welcome you, thank you for the view, and let you know that this channel is about bringing people together through whiskey. If you don't know this already, whiskey has this amazing power to bring people together. Even people who have different ideological views that would maybe otherwise not have anything in common. And that was important to me because unfortunately I lost my younger brother to suicide in 2014. And 
it was a shock to me to come to the realization that he felt that alone in this world and that desperate. And I didn't want anyone else to feel that way. And I suspect that there are people out there that feel that desperate and feel alone. And as I observed people inside the whiskey enthusiast community, as I got deeper into my collection and, and, and being more involved in that community, I saw how people were coming together of all walks of life. And it made me realize that if I can help people get connected to whiskey, whiskey will help people get connected to each other and then people won't have to feel alone. I also noticed, and unfortunately this even goes on sometimes inside poorly monitored Facebook whiskey-based groups, um, sometimes people are hateful to each other online, especially around political season. You'd start talking about hot topics, you know, sexual orientation, political affiliation, race, whatever the case may be, religion, and people will be hateful towards one another. And it made me realize that if someone can hate you and they don't really know you, they've only seen you online, it's possible for me to love you even though I don't really know you and I've only seen you online. And that's why I end every podcast with the same sign off, and that's this. If you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you, and I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, feeling good, feeling real good. Gonna have to do like an old school talk down, you know? Remember the old school? Chester Cheeto? No, he no. Like Chester no, no, no. It was supposed to, no, no. It was, it was supposed to be like old school R&B, you know? Like, it's like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was supposed to yeah, be like. That was Chester Cheeto. Okay, uh, can I be at least chef? I wanna be <laughs> chef from South Park at least. He's, he's like, he's like, it's not easy being cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, you know, but it'd probably be cooler if I was at least chef from from South Park. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.